Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Spawn is brought to you by the new middle grade novel, The Terrible Two Get Worse, the hilarious sequel to The Terrible Two, which spent over 10 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. And today with a very special guest. Very special. We're excited. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we're so pleased to welcome Rosie Pope. <laughs> I know that's not the same amount of applause she gets like when she's on uh, Andy Cohen's show on Bravo, but that'll have to do for now. And we're going to be having an honest talk about sex after pregnancy. Yes, yes, we actually said the word sex. I know. <laughs> we said a lot worse, Kristen. This is true. <laughs> and finally, we'll close out our show with each of our own cool picks of the week. All right, so let's get to it. Let's bring on our very special person. So glad that she's here, Rosie Pope. Woo! Hi. So for those of you who don't know her, hi, Rosie. Rosie is... The creative force behind the very swanky Rosie Pope maternity line and Rosie Pope baby. Now, how do we know Rosie? I mean, we know her, but well, how does I, everyone it's funny, know her? I met her right uh, at some event, and it was right before she launched Pro uh, Pregnant in Heels on Bravo, which was hilarious if you ever watched it. Rosie gave amazing advice to some very interesting couples as reality shows. I always it. felt better about myself after I watched your show, Rosie. I'm like, I. I'm keeping my kids alive today. <laughs> I really, yeah. I think it's my saving grace, though, that I meet people before the show. Because if I meet people after the show, um, it's like a fight, uphill battle trying to persuade them that you're actually kind of normal. Oh, <laughs> yes. So they, if they've only met you and only know you from the show, like we've known you before, so. So well, you can vouch that you're nice and normal. Yeah. <laughs> or totally well, not normal. We are. But either way. And also, you're the author of Mommy IQ, which is the complete guide to pregnancy. And I happen to love your YouTube channel, which is filled with tons of great short videos with lots of advice for new moms, including the topic we're covering today, which is sex. Saucy. Saucy. <laughs> saucy. Our saucy. Saucy yes. topic. Our yes. saucy topic. We're going to talk about sex after pregnancy. Should we spell it? Should we say S-E-X? <laughs> Let's talk about sex, Rosie. Oh, wow. Did you practice that on the way here on the subway? Those are the you know what? Ones. I have that on my iPhone. You do? I do. I Is do. that I your ring? Thing with you. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie, when you did the video that we're talking about, this infamous video, how many kids did you have? Because now you have the same as me. I've got four. And I have to just mention my youngest's name is Bridget as well. By the I way. thought you were going to say sex. <laughs> That's her middle name. <laughs> Saucy is her second child. <laughs> uh, I love the name Bridget. Um, I think that I made the video after Bridget. Actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the so. real question that Kristen wants to know is, did you steal her child's name? <laughs> That's that's really the question, Rosie. That's really a question. When was she born? She was born in, oh my gosh, I don't even remember, 2010. 
it's oh, possible. I stole it. I stole it. You stole totally. it. Yeah. Oh, I have man. a Bridget Simone. But we do spell them the same way, which is nice. But, you know, when you did the video after four kids, I feel like we can really talk. Not that Liz can't talk about it, even though she only has two kids. But we <laughs> can really talk about sex after pregnancy. Because when you had four... Like, you well, know. I know for a fact that you each had sex a minimum of three times after pregnancy. So <laughs> I think right. that qualifies you to talk about this. That's it. That's all we had. So let's jump right in. I Here's what I want to know. So doctors and midwives are always talking about this six-week waiting period, right? And do you, do you support that, six weeks? I've also heard four to six weeks. I mean, I support way more than that. Like, I, I don't know about anybody ah. else, but my husband did not come with me to any of my uh post-delivery checkups so he has no idea how long we need oh, to wait see that's a smart tip actually don't yeah, bring your partner along so they'll no. never know so he Absolutely. did so he he wanted to and you basically had the excuse not to yet you weren't ready yet yeah but also see the problem if you go to the doctor or my doctor anyway who is always very open he would always say there are other ways to have sex other than penis and vagina <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't, like, don't want to do that way, and I don't want to do the other way. Okay? Yes, no, with a no, call you. girl that you pay for yeah. who comes in as a surrogate. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, that's going to make it any better. Because I don't know about you, but I, I've talked to a lot of people, and I know I experienced this myself. It's sort of like a claustrophobia. It's like you've got a baby on you. I mean, they're literally on your boob if you're breastfeeding. You've got kids at your ankles and knees. Like, the last thing you want is anyone touching you in any sort of way. So it doesn't matter if there's a penis and vagina, if there's like other body parts too. Just Yeah, like whatever, you just don't want to do it. I know. <laughs> so I like to keep him away from that visit so I can come home and say, oh, no, no, no. Not only can I not have sex, but I can't have an orgasm. <laughs> because then it eliminates basically everything and then you're good to go for a while. Oh. Yeah. See? I totally lie. Because an orgasm contractions in the uterus. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. Yeah. It's by a, you can buy it. They buy it. They don't okay. ask questions. I was just saying, I thought you were saying you could buy orgasms, and I was going to ask you how. Oh. <laughs> There's a website for that. So I know you've talked to a ton of parents through the show and just through your concierge service and just in general being a maternity expert. Um, what do you tell new parents when they're ready to ease back in, so to speak? Well, I mean, my personal experience and most of the people I've talked to is not only do you not want to be touched, but it's actually quite painful it's not the ideal situation and I know after I had my first I you know that awful phrase like throw a football down a hallway or a hot oh, yeah. dog down that's what Chris says throwing a hot, dog, a hot dog, down dog down a hallway yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought after the first baby that was what's gonna happen it's gonna be a hot dog in a hallway and so I was shocked that it hurt because I'm like oh my god I'm like tighter than I was before so part of me was high-fiving myself and part of me was like this is horrible this is horrible I'm a virgin all over again so after that, a version with stitches. Yeah, <laughs> um, I yeah, I decided that. I mean, what's really important to let people know is it's, it's just not going to be good. The, I mean, the first time is not going to be good. So if your second first time, and there's no way about it, but the more you do it, the better it's going to get. It's kind of like going to the gym. Um, ah. so gonna, it's a project. It's a project. Like it's hard to get started, but the more you keep going, then you're kind of into it. Well, you know, the, that's good. That's a good step. analogy. Have you heard about Ian Kerner? Because I know he, you know, I wrote a book about sex too, Mama Matrix's Guide to Sex. And he wrote a bunch of books about sex. And one thing he does say, it's a little awkward the phrase he uses. He says, sex begets sex, which was weird because <laughs> I have to kind of think about that. But it's, it's true, right? Like if you do it once, you're just more prone to do it more and it will get better and better, hopefully. And if not, that's why they make lube. 
<laughs> and sex toys, right? Right. No, totally. And I think that's the thing. It's like you never feel like doing it, but you always feel better afterwards. So it's just kind of convincing yourself, all right, I got to get through this at some point. Let's do it. But I think that the, the problem is when people don't talk to their partner. So you can make this whole thing incredibly funny and easy, or you can not do that yeah. and put on some saucy lingerie and put on some weird music and pretend <laughs> you're actually feeling sexy. Um, I don't know about that method. And then Maybe just kind of you. like squint really hard and bear it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I love, really, honey, yeah. it's awesome. I got See, good lingerie. I love that though because so many people just feel like, well, I got to do it. The six weeks are up. And so I feel like if you can talk to your partner, maybe there are things that they could be doing. You know, mine was always just do the damn dishes. Like, <laughs> don't touch me. Just like fold the laundry. And that's the foreplay I need. <laughs> See, my whole thing was to like, don't touch me. Like, you can get it done because we need to get it done. But please, can we not do all the other stuff? Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be touched. I'm touched all the time anyway. Like, so please, let's not play. Let's just do it. Would you say, Rosie, that this was more psychological or physical or a combination of both? Um, I think a lot of it is physical. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, think that I was desperate to get back in the sack. Um, but I think a lot of it's physical, like your body, like you just feel so run down and I mean, you feel like somebody just, you know, ran you over by the train. Um, it's just, you know, something in your body again. It's like, please, I just don't want to be in there again. (laughs) Something just came out. I'm not ready to put something back in. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I just, I mean, and I think, you know, when you're a mother, you're always looking after everybody and the thought that somebody else needs something else from you. It's just so much. It's like, I, you know, can somebody just hold me? Do we have to do this? <laughs> yeah, again? well, and I love that because it's true. You, you, the last thing you want, I mean, I know for me that there was some level of trauma. I don't think it was like in the DSM-4, but like you <laughs> had a very large thing come out of your either your lower abdomen or your vagina. Like it's not, that's not child's play. I just love the See, puns. I just, I started with, I went through all the stages of death and dying. Like I started with like total denial. Like I don't really have to do this. And like, you know, after going through all the stages, I ended up with it kind of a reluctant acceptance and you know what I agree with you I think once you do it the first time you're like okay maybe it'll be better the second time hopefully it's not so horrible that first time that you're like nope never having sex again so you've talked a lot about your own experiences which is awesome but what did you find from other people like when the moms and dads came to you as the expert what were they complaining about most what did they say to you when that was you know preventing them from getting the job done I mean I think most of the time, for us anyway, what we'd see with people is they they only see it one way. And I think, you know, we all do this as women. And it's a really hard topic to talk about. Talk about. Yes. But the thing about relationships and the thing about men and women, but in this particular stage of life, men, they need to have sex. They need to have sex as a part of a relationship. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't make them nasty or gross. It's just part of your relationship. So you can't just say, you know, whatever, I'm never having it again because it's really integral to them. Um maybe in a similar way, maybe in a different way to us. You can argue it depending on who you are, but you can't just turn it off. Like you can't. Um, so I think really being open and honest with the fact that sex, blowjobs, all this kind of stuff, it's a necessary part of your relationship. And if you can't do it, then there's a big thing missing that you need to work on, whether that's communication or how you feel about your body or whatever it is, there's a problem. But until you realize that you need to do this, 
um, I think that's sort of this victim thing. It's like, oh my God, he just wants to my body. He just wants to have sex with me all the time. Like, I hate it. Why would he be alone? Why? You know what I mean? Like, that's what makes this relationship a little bit different to other ones. Um, and the hope is that the couple is already in a healthy place before they had kids and were not already having sexual But it issues, makes sense right? though, right? Like, it's not always about sex. I mean, that's what I found too, is that very rarely it was literally about sex. It was so much about the other stuff. It was about communication. It was about that he wasn't changing diapers or is that she was missing work. So you or, were, you're saying you weren't feeling like connected to him or interested in him because there were other issues in the relationship? Well, yeah, I wasn't speaking personally. I was just saying like from all when I wrote the sex column, the uh-huh. mom and matrix column, that's, that's what, what a lot heard. of people would write in and ask me. And what I would say was, is it actually about the pain of the sexual act or was it more about the fact that, you know, you had to nag him 25 times to please, you know, get up in the middle of the night, you know, that gets old and tiresome. Yeah. Well, look, we were just saying, look how much sexier Ryan Reynolds just got last week when he talked about changing diapers. Oh my God. (laughs) Did you see that Rosie? Yes. Wasn't that the best ever? But that is the thing, though. It's like when my husband drops the kids off at school, which happens like once a year, everybody's <laughs> high-fiving him. Like, oh, my God, super dad. So, like, Wait, can I, I just say, day. you are super every mom. Day. You're running like 8 million businesses. You have four kids, and you're still dropping the kids off at school. So I, you should get the credit. I know, but that is frustrating, though, right? Like, why? He just did what you do every single day. And probably I, not I, as good. No offense. <laughs> As women, or I know I certainly do, and the people that I work with, you, you start to hold those things against them. That's as the passive yes. aggressive. And you're like, well, I'm not going to give you sex because you haven't given me X, Y, Z. And it's a boring old thing, but it's true. It's communication. And I, I've tried to you know, couch it in many different ways, but at the end of the day, when we work with these couples, it always comes down to the fact they're not communicating about something. They have not said, you're not getting out of bed, pisses the fuck off out of me. And I don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> And you do that, and please don't come up behind me and, like, thrust in the kitchen because I'm not – no, 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 no. If you haven't said that, all you've done is been like, oh, get off me. I don't feel like it. Well, you, know, you, you have to say why. Yeah, why? yeah, yeah. Well, it's like we regress, right? It's like sixth grade, seventh grade behavior, really. Like, yeah, just say. Don't touch me. I know. Yeah, I'm annoyed. No, but you said to them, like, look, honey, like, you need to get up at least once every night in order to have a blowjob. <laughs> you just have to tell them what to do they don't know they don't yeah. understand it's linked it's not linked for them well let me ask you about the other kind of guy because we're talking about like kind of every guy has sex and by and by the way like i saw a louis ck episode just last night talking about the same thing it's like your mandate in your gene if you're if you're a man you have to in your genes and your genes um <laughs> that you have to have sex however we've also talked to women who say that their husbands actually are the ones reluctant to have sex because it's like something's changed after seeing their wives give birth or their partners give birth, that suddenly the vagina is not just like a happy, fun plaything for your It's not Walt only. Disney World. It's actually like doing a job and that some men actually get freaked out um, by seeing your body in a different way. Have you encountered that? I have. And that is, I don't know, it's depressing. It really is. Like, <laughs> I would think so. You know what I mean? It's like, really? Like, after all of that, now you don't think my vagina is sexy. It's um, I know. really it's hard. And it tends to change. be, a, yeah, it's a really a way of how they've seen their wife in the past or their partner in the past and um, how they see them now can really change. And I think it's normally pretty predictable, to be honest, the people that go through this. Mm, um, interesting. How is it predictable? In my experience, anyway, it's generally been um, 
often quite a traditional guy um, with a very sort of powerful, strong, traditional mother, stay-at-home mother, like was, you know, cooks everything, cleaned everything, very traditional in that respect. Uh -huh. And his wife's always being this kind of saucy, something different. But then when she becomes a mother, she becomes his mother, who he adores, but in a different way. So now she's oh. that, and he what? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, like a good. whole Mad Men era. You're thing. like Sigmund Freud. I know, <laughs> and I'm like gonna quote like TV. <laughs> it's like the, no, it's crazy. the Mad Men era of seeing your wo a woman either as the woman you date or the woman you marry. And I, it sounds to me like maybe there's men out there who, once they've married the woman, they can't see them again as the well, person Well, and it makes that sense, but it's, it's wimpy. Like, oh, wah, wah. It's so hard for you now. You know, your wife's know. vagina isn't pretty to you. Like, she just freaking <laughs> pushed a baby through it. Come on. Like, you and know. Anyway, if you know that Wait. about yourself, don't go downtown. Don't go down <laughs> with delivery. Just stay up north. You never see it. You up never north. need to see it. You don't know. Oh, oh good so point. you're saying so for some men, they should not be, you know, fully no, they should involved not be down with the there. delivery. <laughs> they should not. Are you saying all people or just the men that are going to have issues? Just the men that are going to have issues. Like if you need to go through that in your mind, you need to see the vagina opening up real big and a head coming out. And if you think that's going to affect your future sex life, you don't need to see it. See, I'm totally with you. I didn't need to see it. They were trying to give me I a didn't mirror. Either. I was like, I don't want to see that because I want to have sex in the future too. Yeah, I, they didn't want to see it. But, but things do change. change. Other with... people might like it, but you just have to go through that scenario in your head. You have to, you have to live it through first. You can't just I, go I think in that's blind. that's fair to know what kind of person you are and whether it's going to compromise your well, relationship. And I like what you were starting to say, Liz, is that things do change. And I think that, I don't know about you, Rosie, like for me, that was the hardest thing because at a certain point in time, Certain things that used to work didn't work anymore. And, you know, the person that I was with was just kind of doing the same old stuff. And so there is a point in time where you have to say, like, this isn't working <laughs> well, anymore. Well, your boobs are leaking. Your nipples are probably less sensitive. There's, like, you know, physiological changes that really are going to affect and, you know, make the guys have to work a little bit more to figure out new tricks. And right? Kegels, Kegels, Kegels. <laughs> I'm doing them right now. Kegels, Kegels. Is it Kegels or Kegels? I don't know. Rosie? I say Kegels. Kegels. Oh, man, I've been saying yeah. it wrong all these years. Kegels. Just like I say Jason Timberland. People are people are wondering why you're talking about keggers. <laughs> Have you seen the love balls? What are they called? Yes, yes. You know of what I mean? Bed balls. balls up there. Yeah. yeah, you put the balls up there and you have to hold the balls in there. So apparently, I'm not going to tell you how I know this, but I know somebody <laughs> in the intimates industry. Yes. And they make said love balls. And apparently women in Russia and uh, of the Asian cultures can hold a lot bigger, heavier love balls than we can in America. Do you know that Kristen is of the Asian I culture? I am of the Asian culture. <laughs> well, I have to say, Kristen, Rosie. you're my vaginal hero. <laughs> well, I have to say that I did. If, if, if I could get, if my vagina could get Yelp reviews, I will say that in a past dating relationship, someone asked me where my C-section scar was. I mean, come on. That's oh, pretty good. That's, that's like right? A, like that the backhanded really compliment. That is such a, yeah. And yeah. like, how do you say that to someone? Well, that's someone funny. once asked me where my C-section scar was. <laughs> God. And then, what, okay, here's what I want to know. So I, I know this is like kind of controversial. And I remember writing on blogs about this when I was a new mom, like 400 years ago now, it seems. Um, what about having sex when the baby's in the bed? Oh. oh, oh! I mean, I don't know. Am I supposed to be? You know what I like about your show is I don't have to be so PC. I think it's well, so, also we're no. not like Bravo. Don't we don't have okay. censors. <laughs> 
No, but you know what's funny on Bravo? We like they really care a lot about the audience not wanting to hate the person that you're working with. Yeah, really. Do. Yes, and if we yes. actually showed you all the stuff that we did, you would hate them. Like the real pregnant heels was so much, so much crazier than the actual pregnant heels. Believe it or not. Um, Wait, you have to give us one crazy ooh, story before dirt. we get back to the baby in bed. Okay. Yes, there was one mother who was a chain smoker. And every time we'd come into the room, she'd be like wafting out the cigarettes. And it was like thick black smoke in there. And I was pregnant, so I didn't want to be in there. And no, we're not going to talk about that part. So we, of course, we helped her with this issue. Um, but it was insane. And it was so, insane. We so were you not allowed to talk about it. had to like edit around it or not talk about it because you didn't want the audience to dislike her. Oh, I wanted to talk about it because I'm like, this is obviously, people think people don't smoke anymore when they're pregnant. No, they do. They just don't tell anybody because it's so... Um, it's just so shunned upon, but many people still do it. Um, so I wanted wow. to talk about it and talk about how to get her off it. But they felt as though the audience would resent her so much for doing it that um, yeah, well, it would <laughs> probably. You know I have to give props to the producers for that. I think that's probably a wise move because the last thing you want is to have someone on your show and then like everybody destroying them. Although I know, that happens anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yikes. But did yeah. she have did she have sex with baby in the bed? <laughs> <laughs> And smoking while smoking and drinking a martini (laughs) and still pregnant. That's weird. Anyway, no, what do you think? I think it's fine. Oh, you can't have sex with a baby in the bed? Oh, (gasps) really? You can't. can't. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Rosie. Am I really old school? You can't have sex with a baby in the bed. Rosie, I had sex with a baby in the bed. Rosie, I had sex with a baby in the bed. I, too, had sex with a baby in the bed. I'm Spartacus. (laughs) (laughs) I feel really English all of a sudden. <laughs> well, you know, it was weird at first. God, how am I getting into this? Like, at first I thought, this is a strange thing. And then I thought, whatever. This is like a little lump of flesh, like, sleeping. And they don't know. And a lump of here flesh. we are. And I couldn't get her out of the bed anyway. She was like a newborn. And I thought, oh, as long as she's safe and fine and we're not, like, bumping into her or anything. Yeah, I mean, I had a co-sleeper, so I would kind of move the baby over. But there were times when I didn't. I'll be honest. <laughs> I would love to say that and I Rosie's always. Rosie's like, "You're a horrible person." I think oh, of you no. totally differently now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! I know it changed everything about me. Um, I no, think I'm just thinking so... like, "Wow, you guys really into your partners." No, I mean that that was so. <laughs> well, you know, we're both like we're both with new partners, so we actually we actually weren't. <laughs> Maybe at some level you resent that. Or maybe we were just trying to save the relationship. Okay, honey, with the baby in the bed, let's try. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was, no, I won't even go there. (laughs) La, 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 la. See, I can't even, this is how crazy I am. Like, my husband will come, he'll try and, yeah, the kids will not be looking, but he'll try and touch. And I'm like, please don't, I cannot look at our children or hear their sweet voices and that at the same time. Oh, in my head, it crashes, everything crashes. Yeah, I think you're, Ah, that's not uncommon. I can't have sex with a dog in the room. I'm fine with a dog being in the room. No issue there. So you're, she's fine with a dog. I'm okay with anyone. I've got everyone's gathered around like we're at a church service. All right. So I think one big thing we have to talk about is body issues because I know after you have a baby, things change. I after my first, I even brought my my old pair of jeans to the hospital because I had no idea. Oh. I thought I was going to be losing like sixty pounds. <laughs> You know, it's all water in there. Women gives birth to first ever 60-pound baby. <laughs> but it doesn't happen. And I think that really can affect the bedroom antics if for I sure. If I could have had sex in Spanx, postpartum, I would have done well, it. I felt so bad about my body. There is a hole in the bottom. <laughs> anyway. So do you? how do you counsel people on that? 
Um, so that means the number of different levels of it. I think that the first level on the relationship side of things is again, that realization that your partner doesn't actually care. They just need to have sex because it's been a lot of long time. So while you may be worried about certain things, they're not looking at that right away. Maybe that affects you guys later, but at that moment, they just need to get it in there and do that thing. <laughs> so just, just being real about what, what it is. That's but a good then, point. So yeah, but then take away from you know the, the body. Yeah, I think it's a huge, I think it's so difficult. For, there isn't a woman, I don't think, in this world that doesn't have some kind of body issues anyway, which is very sad. Yeah. And so you take a woman and then in a period of nine months, 10 months, she puts on more weight than she's probably ever put on in a, you know, a set period of time. And then with the way society is at the moment, it's expected to take it all off again. Yeah. While Instantly. breastfeeding. Yes. And people keep banging on about breastfeeding, burning calories. Thank I go, you. Never. It doesn't, it no. does, but not like real calories. Like not five calories. No, so turn off a bar. single calorie nope, for me. None here. Also, no. the chocolate chip pancakes probably offset <laughs> whatever I was doing with the breastfeeding. Just right, this thing of like, oh, I'm gonna breastfeed, um, but I'm starving. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. I'm supposed to breastfeed and lose weight, but there's this. I think that's the, the. There's a lot of impetus to breastfeed, which is wonderful, but there's also a lot of impetus that hey, you can lose the weight in 12 weeks too. I don't think the two go together. I think if you're gonna breastfeed, it should be like considering that you're still pregnant, because basically you are. Like, you still have to act like you're pregnant. You yeah, can't you do. Drink as much as you want. You got ton yeah, of calories. Just, you're still making a baby, basically. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point. And um, I think the hardest thing is for the clients that we work with and trying to get them used to this idea is you don't, when you have the baby, you're not, you don't, that's not the end of the pregnancy in certain ways. And I think we think that that's it is. That's a great like, boom, point. Fun, the baby's yeah. out. Woo! Gotta get myself back. <laughs> <laughs> that's really smart. Actually, that's a really, really good way to put it. And I think, you know, I, I think there's also some work to be done with the men as well. Like, I think the best partners are the men or women, I guess, who can say to you, like, I love you more now, or you look amazing to me no matter what, or even if they have to lie yeah, just <laughs> to make you feel good. Anyway. Well, and I mean, look, I just was taking a peek at your new nursing line. I mean, I think that oh. stuff helps. I mean, I know that I, when I couldn't fit into clothes or the bras, like nursing bras, oh my God, you feel like a cow. So <laughs> it's just, that's what it is when you got the pump attached to you. So when you can wear something that's sexy and that makes you feel good, I mean, I would always tell moms, like, maybe you don't necessarily want to spend a ton of money on a postpartum wardrobe, but go out and get a few things that make you feel great because that really, for me at least, made me feel sexy. I have to say, I'm looking, at, you guys, if you haven't been to the website, rosiepope.com, and click on nursing bras, which is a new line, right, Rosie? Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at this hot black underwire unlined bra. It's only 38 bucks. It's like, I want to wear it. <laughs> like, I'd go back to nursing <laughs> to wear that. You know what, though? Actually, I know it's going to sound weird, but, you know, nursing bras, you know when you take them down and your boots, just like, yeah, sort of, they look like kind of saucy uh, yeah, lingerie, they do. like, oh, like they crutchless do. panties, okay. but for the boobies. Oh my god, like Fredericks of Hollywood. That's super, yes, super exactly. easy access. You know you what? You can use it later. Yeah. So in other words, you can buy this and get more use out of it. And so. great for people who, for the guys or gals who can't unhook the bra on the back, they can just unhook <laughs> them in the front and get nipple access. Excellent for awkward fifteen-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh. But yeah, no, I. I totally agree. I, I think the other thing um, is sort of understanding the partner and that their brain is different to ours. I remember my husband, he's going to kill me for telling you this, but he said to me once that it was kind of exciting because it was like having sex with a different person because oh. my body changed so much during oh. pregnancy and then afterwards. It's kind of it like different. men masturbating with the other hand. Right, right. It's like, I don't know, this feels different, right? Like the boobs, like everything else. And I was like, you know what? Okay. So he's digging it. 
think I'll that's take great. The you should roll with that. Like women, right. if women, if we could just roll with that and be like, you know what? I am not my old me, but I am a new me and I got some curves. I might be leaking a little bit, but hey, go with it. I love that. <laughs> I think that's it. Plus, boobs. Hello, <laughs> man. You're going to have, like, big boobs, boobs. At least temporarily. Boobs. And, you know, when a woman orgasms because milk comes out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are, hey, so, guys, thirsty. Or your baby's <laughs> still in the bed. <laughs> um, do, do men get freaked out by that? The whole, like, leaking, lactating thing? Yeah, so basically it goes hand in hand. The ones that are freaked out by the late, I call it Queen Victoria, the vagina. My work, but, oh, I like um, that. The, the guys that are freaked out by the Queen Vic after birth are the same guys that are freaked out about the milk coming out of the boobs. And also the same guys that think that breast milk, if it ever entered their mouth, would maybe turn them into some kind of freakazoid. Well, I admit, I don't. It's like, all the same parcel. Did you ever taste your breast milk? Totally. I it, I did not. I, I just, I don't know why. I just didn't want to. <laughs> you can't make breast me. milk tasting. Really? Yeah, yeah. This we this woman wanted um, to use somebody else's breast milk, and so we wanted to see which diet produced the best tasting milk. Oh my! So we did you do like butter. a wine flight? Like, did you pair it with different Girl Scout cookies or something? <laughs> cookies and breast milk. <laughs> I was trying to hold it down because it did want to gag a little bit. Wow! But we did um, kosher. We did southern. That kosher. is so interesting. Yeah, I am like completely cow. speechless right now. What was the best one? Oh, southern cooking by far. <laughs> No, I'm not even kidding. It was like a little sweet. It was so good. This See, butter good... does make everything better. It's even true. breast milk. And by the way, this is a good lesson for our listeners who think that getting on TV and being a celebrity is the end all be all. Look at the things she had to do on her show. Yeah, yeah. By the way, exactly. Do you too want to try some strangest breast milk? Was there anything else really crazy you had to do on the show that you were like, I cannot believe I'm here right now? Uh, blend a placenta and serve it as a smoothie. What? I mean, how did I miss that one? I don't know how you missed that one. Oh, we it was three a.m. Yeah. This is like the like the real story. It was three a.m. I was really pregnant, and I was in this apartment with this woman who was doing a home birth, and I was not allowed to take off my heels because it's called pregnant heels. So, <laughs> like a total lemon, I'm holding her leg up, trying to help her push with my heels on. You know what I mean? With my hair in my face. Oh my god! Like, I'm just thinking like, this is so not cool, and everybody's gonna think I'm such an idiot. But I have to wear these heels. <laughs> my jaws yeah, open right now. And I'm in heels. Anyway, oh my God. so after that, she wanted to eat her placenta. And this is a As whole other episode. <laughs> but I think if you're going to eat it, you need to eat it raw. That's my thing. Because, anyway, another episode. But Holy cow. I, you know, she looked at it. It was a little sashimi esque and she felt a little grossed out. So I went into the kitchen and I found a blender and I put it in. And then I just looked for stuff that I could find, like blueberries and Greek yogurt and whatever. And the next thing you know, I'm blending it up. <laughs> And I'm, I cannot believe I'm doing this. And in my mind, I don't know if you guys, my sort of like overall mission always was this, who's the Martha Stewart of motherhood, right? Who's this person you can go to for advice and product? And I'm standing there and I'm thinking to myself, Martha Stewart would not have blended a placenta. <laughs> I have yet to see a placenta smoothie on Pinterest, I will say. And I've seen a placenta pizza recipe. Oh I my have. God. I, I just have. want to apologize to our listeners who are currently eating. <laughs> <laughs> We're really sorry. Well, I Rosie, think that that's wins. insane. Oh my gosh. That's All right. So listen, crazy. I know that our listeners are going to have tons of questions for Rosie, maybe for us. I don't know. More for Rosie. Um, so you can tweet us and her. So we're at Cool Mom Picks. Rosie, you're at Rosie Pope. Is that right? 
That's right. And you can use the hashtag Spawn Show if you would like so we can find them all. And you can find us on Facebook or if you prefer to keep this under wraps, we know we're talking about the S-E-X word, you can email us, spawned at coolmompics.com. And feel free to use the term Queen Victoria. I love that. I'm going to use that from now on. If you don't want to say sex, we're just saying we've got some new euphemisms that we can use here. All right, so we are all going to share our cool picks of the week, but first, this. This episode of Spawn is brought to you by The Terrible 2 Get Worse, the hilarious sequel to The Terrible 2, which our frequent listeners will know by now, spent over 10 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, and that's no small feat. You know, it's hard to find really entertaining, great middle-grade novels out there, so I'm always open for suggestions. It's true. So for kids who are, like, past Amelia Bedelia and Junie B. Jones and maybe not quite up to, like, The Hunger Games yet. <laughs> that's a big leap. <laughs> I would say this is, like, a really good thing for kids who like things like Diary of Wimpy Kid. Yeah, and it's published by Amulet Books, and it's turning the world upside down. I love, don't you love this? The authors are longtime friends, yes. and they're certified pranksters, Mac Barnett and Jory John, and they're bent on prankster domination in this new installment. You know, that makes me think that we should be writing a book together, Kristen. What, like how to prevent pranks from <laughs> happening after our children read this book? <laughs> Well, the story, actually, it has a good ending. Don't worry, parents. I think you'll really love it. The Terrible Two Get Worse. Check it out. It shows kids actually how they can work with grown-ups to solve problems. And everybody's happy in the end. Okay, so now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! Ooh, we have a special guest to do a special guest Cool Pick of the Week. I'm so excited, Rosie, All right, you're going to pick a cool pick. Your first, Rosie, guests are guests go first. Okay, I'm going with Rianda Prosecco. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> a couple like. things you need to know about it. Okay. It's like at the top of the class of Prosecco's, and it's still under $12. How is that kind possible? Of, I don't know, because Prosecco's really cheap. <gasps> That's the crazy part about it. And this is like the best of the best. And I kid you not, and I, I've done it many times, you can really drink a whole bottle and feel fine the next day. Well, I think Maybe that's you like, could. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say everybody can. You too. Can We're going to try this the next good. time. Yeah. We're gonna it's really do... good to know that because when you want to let go and you're like, oh, no, I'm going to feel so shitty tomorrow, you know you're not. What? Is it lower so alcohol? Really Why? Why, though? Why is it? Why, Rosie? Just so tasty. <laughs> I don't know. The bubbles? I don't know. But you feel like you're drinking champagne, but you're not. You don't get a headache. Um it's, it's really great. Well, I, I always mean, get a headache when I drink champagne, so I'm going to have to try yeah, it. You drink but you got to get the good stuff. The, like, $10.99. <laughs> That's perfect. That's, That's well within my budget. Day. You it know has, what I said? I said, I'm not spending more than $11 on my Prosecco. And here comes Rosie to save the day with a $10.99 <laughs> bottle just for you, Kristen. All right, Liz, what's your pick of the week? So my pick is actually from a big brand, Target. Just this week launched a new line called Pillow Fort. That Ugh. is awesome. It's uh, kids and nursery decor, all kinds of like cool bedding and play tents and decor. And it's really affordable. The design is amazing. It's super on trend, like little woodland creature pillows and astronaut stuff. And I love, love, love the democratization of good design. So I'm just really excited that they're giving more parents the ability to afford super cute stuff for your room that you might normally pay like a zillion dollars for if it was done by a smaller boutique. Yeah. As much as I love supporting smaller boutiques as much as possible, I also know that not everybody can afford to spend like $500 on a cream No, sheet. it's true. It's true. And Have you seen it, Rosie? Have you seen the line? 
I have. It's awesome. <sighs> yeah, it's really cute. My favorite. They have this astronaut bedding that's amazing. It looks like a giant astronaut body, and then the pillow itself looks like the head of the spaceman. So have we seen not that bed, before? There's that's some similar snark. things that are out there, snark. but it's um, <laughs> I mean, it's a uh, it's okay. but it's done like a Lichtenstein kind of. It's cartoony. Oh, okay. It's okay. it's definitely a new interpretation of a theme we may have seen before. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I think it's super cool, and I just like that they're making it affordable. There's twelve hundred pieces in the collection so i'm like ready to go shopping target's killing it man like i needed another reason to use my card (laughs) um all right so my pick now rosie might not know this um but i know it's everyone else does Five thousand people a week know that i did a juice cleanse i'm still talking about it for three weeks (laughs) i've been talking about my juice cleanse for three weeks rosie and i haven't had caffeine i no sorry for three days, I did a juice cleanse, oh, but I've okay, been talking okay. about it for three weeks. She lost 10 pounds in I three days. I lost 10 pounds. Oh. Yeah, and I don't drink coffee anymore, which means I drink tea, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. It's called Rishi, R-I-S-H-I. How would you, spe- how would you say yeah, that? Yeah, that looks like Rishi, Rishi. And it's, it's turmeric, turmeric and ginger is the tea, and it's like taste true tea. I don't even know what the name of it is. I think that's it. It yes. looks like it's in a little like diaper it's, white package. Yeah, it's very <laughs> cute. I have become the woman who brings her tea with her <laughs> in her bag. <laughs> you guys, for those of you who don't know, Kristen is like my caffeine addict friend. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that she is not drinking coffee is mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, I think turmeric is supposed to do like amazing things for you. I don't know. Maybe it'll tight, feel, tighten I your queen, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do, Rosie? I mean, I feel inspired. I, I did a juice cleanse, and I snuck Diet Coke for the entire thing. Oh, day. that is not good. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I had Pop-Tarts for dinner last night. Just in case those of you out there are thinking, like, wow, everyone's so but healthy. You know I would like to be the the unrepresented voice of people that I've been eat doing like crap. Well. You have to try it. But I'm on a tea kick, and I have to say, it's turmeric and ginger. And I, I don't know, you and I both. Liz I and actually I both like unusual issues. taste like that. And does it help your it stomach? It really like does it, help your ginger, stomach. Ginger, ginger, oh. ginger. I mean, for pregnant women, it's great for yeah. nausea, but it also suppresses your appetite. Oh, yeah. that's why. Well, anyway, colds, flu season is here, unfortunately. So this is my go-to. We'll put links, by the way, to all of these things on our website. And here's my suggestion. I think you should go buy Rosie's Prosecco, then go have some awesome post-pregnancy sex. Yes. Then in the morning, <laughs> go to Target, buy some new clothes, buy some stuff for your kid's room, and then, like, you know, cleanse the whole experience <laughs> with Kristen's tea. <laughs> with juice. all go together. <laughs> Way to wrap it up, Liz. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Of course, we have to say huge thanks to our first guest ever, Rosie Pope. Thank you. Make sure to visit her site at rosiepope.com. She has this amazing new collection of nursing bras and baby stuff, too. It's pretty awesome. And she has the kind of maternity wear that you really want to wear even after you're pregnant. In your 12th. 100th trimester. I think that's what I'm on right now. Also, huge thanks to our producer, Kristen Meinsner, and also to Laura Mayer and Annie Bowers at Panoply. And make sure to subscribe to iTunes or Stitcher and download that episode of Spawn. So thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye.